Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rescue Radio. Today's topic is When Faith Stumbles, Let's Pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the way that you have chosen for us to walk and that you give us grace. I pray that tonight, Lord God, you give us ears to hear and a mouth to speak, that we'd speak as the oracles of God, that that you would keep our minds clear. And those who are tuning in, who are listening later, Father God, that this would be a very inspiring and maybe even a a life-changing uh, time for them to hear what we're saying tonight today that you would encourage us inspire us with faith to help us to really understand what faith is and what it really looks like and so father god in jesus name we bind the powers of darkness that would come against us the spirits of confusion the thief who would try to steal our faith and hinder us tempt us discourage us we rebuke him we send him away in the name of the holy one of israel and we thank you father for that power you've given us because you said you give us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt us. You also said you give us wisdom. So tonight we ask for your divine wisdom and direction, as you are the one we speak um, speak for on your behalf, Lord God. And so we're asking people, too, if you want to join us tonight with our topic, When Faith Stumbles, call us. Um, number is 347-215-8051. Hey, Jerry. How hey. are you doing? You know, Margie, I'm really intrigued by this uh, title tonight, Faith Stumbles. It's like mm-hmm. trips and faith, falls. faith walks and trips, and, uh, well, this is going to be very, very interesting. Yeah. Notice I didn't say faith fi- fails because, you know. Not not when it, yeah, it doesn't fail. It, no, it's, it's like love, it doesn't yeah. fail. But a lot of people don't understand really what faith is, and they get kind of easily tempted or into believing they don't have enough faith or, you know, I'll tell you what, when faith stumbles, it's like, you know, you know, we really need to get real about faith because a lot of people have made faith out to be the goal, the idol, the object, you know, you've got to have enough faith. And if you've got enough faith then everything is accessible to you, which obviously that was a wrong doctrine. Uh, Could we look at the, uh, one of the Bible definitions of faith? Mm-hmm. Um, well, wait, before you do that... Before I, just, I do that. Yeah, okay. you, get, you got it ready? Oh, well, boy. Well, I got it ready you right got, here. Yeah, that's that hard definition. Well, that's Let's, that let's look at what faith well, well, isn't first. Okay, go uh, ahead. All right. It's like, it's tough, you know. It, it's not as easy as it might think. And, and it, it cannot be measured by the things that are going on around you. It can't be measured by how things turn out. So the question is, what kind of faith is God looking for? And uh, let's see, faith is not as easy as it looks. But really, it's nothing we can manufacture, you know, or make up or, you know, improve at. It's not something that you can work. Faith is something that's all important, but yet we make a too big a deal about it. Well, yeah, but Jesus and said. We'll, we'll talk about that in yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. We, we, we misunderstand. What it is. Yeah. We I think we think it's something we can earn or we can get better at. We can improve. We can, you know, discipline ourselves to get more of. But I've 
I don't think that's how it comes. I, I, I don't. We'll probably learn that tonight. But it's not determined, like I said, by how things turn out. Because we'll look in, in Hebrews a little later. And I know that, you know, it's like sometimes things go good. And we think, oh, yay, they had a lot of faith. They just, you know, really got the gift of faith. But sometimes, you know, like in, in it's where, where Daniel was delivered from the lions. And other people were eaten by the lions. You know, right. I mean, so the outcomes were really different. <laughs> so, so then the people that got eaten by the lions didn't have enough faith? No, not at all, because oh. the Bible says and goes on to really commend them for having, you know, oh, faith. Yeah. Well, yeah, they yeah. had as much faith. People who are a... martyred, torn apart, you know, of whom the world is not worthy. But anyway, but, you know, another thing is to, people, is faith is not determined by how Abraham, the, the father of faith, you know, believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He he had that promise of, you know, being the, the owner of all that land, the promised land. We, we talked about mm-hmm. the promised land. Mm-hmm. Did you know he never, ever owned the promised land? He never got the, the deed, and the, the title deed to it. He only sojourned in it. He only used it, mm-hmm. lived there. He was looking for a city who, whose foundation was God. So Abraham was given a promise he never got, mm-hmm. technically. He never got it. Mm-hmm. And even... You know, even Jacob, let's see, Isaac never really got it either. He kind of lived around on that land. But Jacob left and went to Egypt. And when his sons got back, they had to fight like everything to get it back and kill lots and lots of people. You know, especially the, the giants, the Canaanites and, the, and the, all those. But still, so the land was given as a promise, but it didn't just get, get handed to them on a silver platter. Yeah, it was not a quick uh, real estate deal. So you could say Abraham didn't have faith because he never got the answer to his promise. But indeed, he did get the answer, but it just wasn't in the way you and I would think it should look. And I think a lot of people get strung up and hung up and screwed up because they, they believe God for something and then it doesn't happen. Or it doesn't happen the way they believed him for it. So then they get bitter or upset or condemned or start to examine, get confused, double-minded, think they don't have enough faith. Does that make sense? It makes, it makes sense. I mean, it happens to a lot of people. I think every, everybody, you know, the Bible talks about the trial of our faith, yeah. the testing of our faith. And the question is, are we going to keep believing? Mm-hmm. Can we be believing God no matter what it Looks you know, like. What it looks like, what it feels like. Well, you know, I think here's the deal. A lot of people think when they need more faith, you know, so they can get the answer to their prayer because somehow they believe they've got to do something, which means they've got to have more faith. So they're trying harder to believe. That's like trying squinting so you can see better. I mean, we, you know, it's just you're squinting to try to believe harder for whatever it is you think you want. And sometimes we have really not checked it out with God to see what it is he wants. So it's, if faith is not, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. Faith is believing without seeing. Believing first and then seeing. It's, it's not name it and claim it. We've had a couple of those movements going around kind of hooked up with, you know, that's like making faith the goal again. Idols that yeah, it's outcome. like you should have whatsoever you say, and you can use it kind of as a blank check to get whatever you want, and in a material sense. And but if you, you go back to the Bible, that surely doesn't pan out. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of these bogus doctrines and fans and trends in the church and outside of the church, whatever. You know, if you go back to the Bible and look at the way the people were there, how they walked out their faith, what they ran into, um, what you know, what was counted to them for righteousness. It doesn't even look 
close to what we, you know, promote as good and righteous and just. But so it's not naming and claiming it. Um, it's not discovered in comparisons either. Like, does not look the same for everyone, you know. I mean, oh, she got her prayer answered. She must have a lot of faith. Oh, I didn't get my prayer answered. I must not be worthy or good enough. Right. Some people feel very inferior. Oh, man, I wish I had the faith that, that you have. And, and it's something we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, how much faith do we well, need? It's, you like know, a, it's a quantity. It's like a glass. You need a half a glass full, mm-hmm. a quarter glass full. Or no, it's like mustard seeds. Full. Remember, it's seeds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look at what Jesus said too. He said, "Except you become as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven." I think little children's faith is just very tender, very simple, very trusting. There's no um, jadedness to them. They're just going to believe until, of course, they grow a little more and they find out a lot of people lie, and they can't trust them. But Jesus said to become as a little child, and I think he's talking about trust and faith. And trust are really kind of like the same thing trusting in the faithfulness of god that no matter what it looks like it'll turn out for our good and for his glory well faith is only as good as the object of faith okay tell me so, about what so, you're talking about so in other words if i have if i have uh let's just go right to the top uh if i have faith in god i there's no no one more faithful, okay, so, no one yeah. more uh, solid, no yeah. more, more, one more powerful. So your faith cannot God. fail then, can it? It cannot fail. But if you have faith in uh, people. Well, people will fail. Yeah, so that's going to hurt. And it's not that we get cynical and totally distrusting and everything, but Jesus didn't commit himself to man because he knew what was in man. He yeah. knew that, you mm-hmm. know, and, and who has who has the greatest ability? Who who is the truth? Who has the greatest ability and power? That's where we need to put our faith. Yeah, because he's the only one who's able to complete that equation and complete that faith. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, faith is not for the faint-hearted, and it's also not for the I don't think for the self-indulgent. It's it really weeds out the people who are walking in the flesh from those who are walking in the spirit. Because if you're self-indulgent murmuring, whining, unthankful, faith just doesn't work for you. It's just, it's just, you don't get it. It's not like, faith really is a lot of, a lot of, uh, is about dying, you know. Well, you, you really, die you, yourself. you give up. I mean, we are so <clears throat> self-trusting, mm-hmm. you know, reliant, but, but, self-reliant. But we're self, self-reliant, but, but that's, you weak. Know, that, that's a weak object of faith. <laughs> yes. If I'm my object of faith, if I'm my own object of faith, it definitely will crumble, stumble, for sure stumble. And that's probably why our people's faith, our, our faith stumbles, because we are trusting in our own goodness. We're trusting in our ability to make God happy. We're trusting in uh, working harder. We're trusting in, you know, a lot of times faith, I think, just surrenders and says, you know, I can't do this, God. It's going to have to be you. But faith is the, dem- is, you know, is the demonstration of our love for God, because it's, it's demonstrated by our obedience to God. Just back here a little bit about self-reliance. You know, we hear so many things on commercials of take control of your life, take mm-hmm. control of your health, take control of your finances. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, see, in a sense, faith is something that is out of control as far as what we can control. Yeah. And so that's where the dying comes in because we, give up. we have to come to the place where it's uh, we, 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 we trust God, we believe God, 
we we don't rely upon ourselves. Yeah. We have to kind of let things go because all our you know the best laid plans of mice and men that sort of thing. We have this five year plan. We have an idea and this of how things should go and how things should work out. Mm-hmm. But if you know, but if we're just trying to you know plan do it, our make work it happen, and work yeah. our plan, it's not that we shouldn't be planning. Obviously, in business and just in our routines from day to day, we make plans. I think it's but, about diligent but many, obedience. But it's yeah. The, in Proverbs, it says many other plans. I believe it's Proverbs nineteen eighteen. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure on that one. But said so there are many plans in a man's heart, but it's the purpose of the Lord that shall stand. Mm-hmm. So faith is, That's good is resting in the purpose of the Lord, even though we and don't... And being okay with it, right? And being okay with it, mm-hmm. even if we don't understand mm-hmm. God's purpose That's in a particular true. That's true. situation. I think, yeah, I think understanding is optional. But, you know, in John fourteen one, I think faith and um, fear, kind of, or anxiety kind of meet together when Jesus says, and I love these words, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Now, isn't that something? He was telling them about a place they'd never seen, promised them that they were going to have um, access to be with him forever in this place, in a place of mansions. Awesome promise. Beautiful, you know, um, incredible. I mean, beyond our imagination. Uh, But he said, let your heart not be troubled. Don't be worried about it. Don't try to figure out how to do it. You believe in God. It's all taken care of. You know, your faith in me, your faith in the Father has secured things for you you, an inheritance that you haven't even yet seen. And yet so many times... We don't live in the, the, the thought of that wonderful promise of being with him, uh, heaven, the inheritance is beyond. We're all hung up, strung up on fear and what's going to happen next and oh no and I don't know what to do. But, but he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe. You believe. You know. Well, the, the, the context of that passage, Marjorie, is um, Jesus had just told the disciples he was going to go away. Yeah, he was going to go away Gary, with huh? them. He said, I'm, "I'm, I'm leaving you now." So they're just kind of getting to know him. They're just walking around with him. They were just getting excited. They're yeah. just getting excited. And they said, "Now you're leaving us." Yeah, it's like, and he said, "No, I'm not going to leave you orphans." He says, in "Another place, I will come to you." He said, "It's a good thing that I go away. When I go away, then I'll can send the Holy imagine, Spirit." Can you imagine with those guys that they were getting all excited about the possibilities of what? You know, the, the ministry was growing in popularity. Um, they were doing these awesome miracles. People were following them everywhere. People were getting healed, um, uh, fed, um, blind eyes. And these, I mean, this was on a, on a roll. This was going good. I mean, it was like out of this world. And then all of a sudden, boom, we're changing yeah. directions. Their, and their, 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 their teacher, their friend, their main guy says, okay, I'm going The main away. guy, yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, there's this the feeling of abandonment that, that probably came over Gripped them. But it says, them. Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. But they still didn't understand. He says, I have so many things to tell you yet, and you just don't get it. Mm-hmm. That was just really true. Um, yeah. Let me just share something about, um, you know, being troubled and being afraid. Okay. Um, you know, and, and there's one of the most common uh, 
commands of Scripture mm-hmm. all the way through the Bible is fear not. Yeah. Don't be afraid. 365 times, I think. Yeah, one for every day, right? One for every day. Oh. I, <laughs> but it's interesting. Um, here in Psalm 56, verses 1 through 3, it says, Be merciful to me, O God, for man would follow me up. Mm-hmm. Swallow, well, swallow me up. Did I say that? Follow <laughs> me up? Oh. Well, yeah. man follows us up sometimes, too. Right. Swallows better. Man, be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. Uh, trouble in relationships, you know, attacks, treachery. My enemies would hound me all day. For there are many who fight against me, O Most High. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? And it goes on to say uh, in verse 11, In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So he said, whenever I am afraid... I will will trust trust in you. you. So sometimes we get get all beat up and say, oh, man, you should never be afraid. Um, And and we condemn ourselves because fear strikes at us. Mm -hmm. The enemy works through fear. Many many ways, Obviously, you know, we have natural fears, the fear of falling and fire and stuff like that. But uh, fear is, is a big thing that the enemy tries to inflict upon us. And, well, because and, basically fear is the enemy. Right. And fear is uh, also fear of, of people, what other people think. Right. Fear of other people's opinions. Fear of man, uh, in Proverbs it says, brings a mm. snare. Such a bondage, yeah. Whosoever puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. So he's, he, what the psalmist is acknowledging there that we just read in Psalm 56, he said uh, he acknowledges that there were times when fear came. But he says, no, at that point when fear is coming in, yeah. what's going to happen? What's going to work out? Right. What are they saying? What's, what's going to happen? Perfect, yeah. What if? What if? What if? And oh, no. Oh, no. But, yeah, it, but, yeah. but, see, but see, the thing is that the enemy throws those kinds of things at us because he wants us to feel alone. He wants us to feel like we're on our own, abandoned. And this is where fear can just really, you know, multiply exponentially. But, you know, um, what's the big deal? So, but what is the big deal about having faith? Why is faith the big deal with God? Do well, you know? Here, here, Why do we have to have faith? Okay, we'll move on with that. But here in this, again, back in this psalm, um, he acknowledges the time of fear, but he, he makes a choice yeah. to trust. Mm-hmm. So trust is a choice. You can freak out or you can trust. Okay, so that leads... So there, there is a choice. You know, you don't have to... Okay, so to... That, that... Okay, so hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Choice. That's the... There, there's fear and there's... Fear is freaking out. Perfect love. Cast out Cast fear. Cast out fear. So there, there's two options. There's fear and or love and faith works with love. You faith know, works faith by love. Faith working by mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. So, so what's the big deal? The big deal is um, that between God and Satan, why does God make such a big deal about faith? Because of the war. That goes on for the souls of men yeah. between God and Satan. See, it's like God votes for you with his love and his mercy and his grace and his peace and his salvation. And the devil votes to take you out. He says, I can do it. I know how to, you know, I know how to take her out. I know how to get after him. And so, so God and the devil are waiting to see what you're going to choose, what we're going to choose. Are we going to stand and having done all to stand? 
in the faithfulness of God, trusting God, or are we going to freak out and try to take matters into our own hands? Yeah. Basically, the, the, the first thing that comes out of fear is control. When we're afraid, if you, if you see people who are taking a lot of control, um, you know, have to have it their way, are just, you know, kind of difficult to deal with because that's because they're afraid and they're trying to control stuff. Right. But uh, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Mm-hmm. Now that is, that is a principle that works all so, through the scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. That's, you know, uh, without faith, faith in, it's mm-hmm. impossible to please so God. So faith is faith in God. He's really talking about faith in God as opposed to fear. So when people, the just, shall live by faith, what we're saying is the just are going to believe God no matter what. Mm-hmm. That's it. So it's a matter of we, we put our emphasis too often on Outcome. our faith. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll, we'll talk about this as we go along here mm-hmm. tonight in different examples. So what do you do when... Uh, when there's, yeah, you have, in the scripture, Jesus talked about there were people that had um, no faith, mm-hmm. little faith, and much faith. Mm-hmm. But um, what, you know, the whole operating principle is it's a big that you live by trusting mm-hmm. God. And uh, that's that's the whole, it goes well, you know, Old Testament, New Testament. It's a matter of living by faith, by trust. And so, how do you how do you demonstrate that you really got faith? I mean, you know, it's it's it, if we can't go by outcomes, and we can't go by you know how things turn out. Some people get their prayers answered by being delivered from the situation. Some go through it. Some die in the middle of it. And you know, a lot of times, when something shatters our faith, it's usually something where we were thinking, believing, hoping something would turn out a certain way, um, or we were believing for a certain thing and mm-hmm. it didn't happen. And we then become confused and begin to question God's love, God's care, God's this and that. You know, the thing is, we we should not be even so much interested in how it turns out. It's just how did I stand through the test? Mm -hmm. Did I continue to believe God in spite of what it looked like? Um, You know, because, but faith, how is it, how how do we demonstrate it? I believe we demonstrate it by how, what kind of an attitude we maintain in the middle of the fiery trial. Mm -hmm. The thing is to remember that, that, it's a, Paul talked about the work of faith and the labor of love. You know, faith, again, is not earning God's favor because yeah. we can't earn well, God's favor. Because we already have it. We already have God's favor. So you, can't, you can't earn something you already own. Yeah, and so Perhaps. it's interesting. Now here, uh, in James chapter 2, verse 14, what does it from there through verse 20. Um, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says that he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus, also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Mm-hmm. You believe there is one God, you do well. Even the devils the devils or the demons believe and tremble. Mm-hmm. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that 
faith without works is dead. And then in verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So, whoa, 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 whoa. Before you go on, I want to say something. That really matches what Jesus said in Luke chapter 17 when the disciples said to him, um, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. You know, a lot of people, they go to somebody, pray for me, impart your yeah. faith to me, you know, lay yeah. hands on me. Mm-hmm. And they were, I think, doing something like that. And Jesus said, you know, he didn't lay hands on me. He said, oh, I'm going to come, I'm going to lay upon you the gift of faith. You know, he, he said instead, he says, um, he said to them, okay, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and planted by the sea, and it would be, and it would obey you. Jesus was always giving them something that was totally humanly impossible, impossible. Speak to the mountain and it'll be cast into the sea. Mm-hmm. Speak to the mulberry bush and be thrown into the into the sea. He was always giving them something that was impossible for them to do in their own strength, because he wanted to make sure that they weren't going to try to figure out how to move the mountain with their own little bulldozer. He wanted to make sure that this is only something. Area straight here. It's only something can be done by God. Then he goes on to say, if you have a little faith, like a mustard seed, you can do all this. Then he says, and which of you, having now he's telling a story to answer the question, how do we get more faith? And which of you, believe, having a servant uh, plowing or tending sheep, will say to him, when he has come from the field, come at once and sit down and eat? But will not will he not rather say to him, prepare something for me for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk? And afterwards, you will eat and drink. Does he think that that servant, does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise, you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what is our duty to do. In other words, to increase our faith, this is so un-American. You know, we think we should just have what we want and push the magic button and, you know, buy the magic this and whatever, you know, win the lottery or whatever, to get what we want. But he's saying here, you know what? If you want faith, you be faithful. Again, you demonstrate to God your undying love, devotion, obedience to him. You know, even though it looks unfair, it looks like the master's a little harsh right here. He's kind of like, I'm going to eat first and you have to wait on me. And, and you know, in, in, our, in our natural flesh, in our self, we would very, be very offended by that. What? You mean, I worked all day for you in the field, and now I still have to go get your supper? This is not even fair. And so we get bitter, we, get, we mumble, grumble, and pretty soon um, we're not delightful, delighting in the Lord. We're, we're, we're not saying, oh, well, that was the least, that was reasonable service, that was my duty. I mean, at least I, so we don't get this kind of rubber meets the road kind of faith and obedience and, and, and walking it out no matter how it feels. We, we are easily tempted to go back into feeling you know, sometimes we feel good about God, so then we think we have faith. In the days when it's tough, we think it doesn't feel very good today, so my faith is low today. Well, it's probably just the opposite as far as God's concerned. But Jesus is, he's really trying to cause these guys to grow up a little. Fuck up, come on. You haven't died yet. You haven't suffered unto blood. Let's, let's give it all for Jesus and let him deal with, you know, what's fair and don't be offended. So again, we go back to, you know, uh, faith is a spiritual thing. It can't be... Um, uh, it's not a human self thing. You know, faith, you know, simply that the way you live, the way you operate, the way you think. Uh, uh, someone, I think, wrote a book or something years ago called A Long Obedience in in One Direction. 
In other words, <laughs> it's, a good it, idea. It, it's it's something. I'm not quoting it. I don't think mm-hmm. exactly, but it, it's it's like every day, you know, hearing God, doing what God says, being obedient to Him. Um, no matter what it feels like, no matter, no matter what, what it, it looks like, like, no matter what it looks like, no matter if know. anybody notices you, no matter if anybody's thankful, no matter if they still pick on you, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and it's not just living on some not super me. spiritual, emotional high. No, and you can't. Not, It'll you beat know, you down. And, and it's <laughs> not like just totally having the right confession, though that is important to yeah. speak that you're trusting uh, God, but you you can't just you know, confess your way to faith. Uh, you you confess you you confess by what what you show in your life. And and in Romans ten seventeen it says so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the ways that our faith can increase, get more solidified can get more uh, knowledgeable, mm-hmm. of course, is through the scriptures because we have, we have uh, history, we have prophecy, we have, uh, you know, in, along with the history, mm-hmm. uh, we have examples yeah. of people that have trusted God, have stood the test. We've seen people, we see people that have mm-hmm. failed. We have see people that have succeeded. And a lot of times success does not look like success. Right. Um, Paul, when he was getting beaten up and yeah. shipwrecked yeah. all the time, and the people in the churches that he founded turned their backs on him. Jesus, when he was uh, on the on the cross, he did not look like Mister Successful. No. He looked yeah. like total. Yeah. If anything that looked like total, a failed end. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that's what it looked like. That's really true. But it was the greatest victory. So when people are looking on the face of like the they're just in a total crucifixion, you know, their life is falling apart. There seems to be no way out. You know, you could be there right now yourself. Just no way out. Everything's been going wrong. And a lot of times, I think people don't realize that so many things go wrong in their life because of the curses. You know, I had a gal email me a while back and. You know, she's saying, I think I've got some curses in my life. You know, my my second marriage, child, not all kinds of things, health issues, you know, relationship issues, um, you know, uh, poverty issues, homeless at this point, and a believer. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think of whom the world is not worthy. But, you know, it it could be there's there's a lot of stuff going on in everybody's life at all at all times. There's there's the testing of our faith. There's the, the, the generational curses that can be coming down the bloodlines to make uh, your life a target, make you a target. Um, sometimes it's not that, you know. I mean, it, the people of faith got beat up a lot. Um, look at Paul. Look at uh, uh, John the Baptist. Look at Jesus. They were me- men of faith. Joseph thrown into the prison. Moses. I mean, the testing of our faith is not pretty. It's pretty tough. It's pretty ugly sometimes. But you know, and but the thing is, I don't think we want it to be worse than it is. If if you, it's okay to get rid of the curses so that whatever struggle you're having, the devil technically then is absolutely no right to do it. And once you're saved, he has no right even to bring the curses down. But he will try to do that as long as he can get by with it. I mean, so it's always every day, simplest thing: cry out to Jesus, say, Lord, have mercy on me. God, have mercy on me. You know, let the love of God. Um, strengthen us. So 
but people of faith get beat up a lot. So if you're getting beat up a lot, you might be a person of great uh, endearment to God, and Satan just hates you. Mm-hmm. The whole deal is is in the midst of these things. Are you gonna? Uh, are we gonna keep you know praising Lord, thanking Believing. the Lord, mm-hmm. or get believing bitter. Him no matter what? Mm-hmm. And um, you know we're gonna we're gonna believe Him no matter what happens, no matter what. Yeah. feels like, no matter yeah. what it looks like. I, yeah. I think of um, one of the great um, tests of faith is, is you read over in uh, Daniel uh, chapter 3. And uh, let's take a look at that here. Daniel chapter 3, when the um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they were renamed by the uh, Babylonian king, they said, uh, they said, well, if you don't King said, "If you don't bow down to this image, mm-hmm. this big golden image, uh, uh, to this idol I've made, uh, I'm going to throw you into a burning, fiery furnace—not just a fiery furnace, but one that was really burning." Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, um, "They said, you know, you when you hear all the music, when you hear the band playing, you better fall down and worship mm-hmm. the image. You don't worship; you'll be cast." immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God, small g, who will deliver you from my hands? Hmm, there's a threat, huh? The most powerful earthly king of of the day demanding something that is going against the conscience and the conviction of these three young men. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people, if they're put in a position like that, could have probably rationalized, well, you know, it's not worth dying over. I mean, you know, God will understand. It's no big deal. Um, Let's just uh, go along with the crowd here. You know, but what did they say? Well, they said uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Um, Yeah. What could they say? Yeah. If that is the case, they're not going to argue and say, oh, you're being so mean, you're being idolatrous, and you're forcing us to do this stuff. They're not whining, they're not complaining, mm-hmm. they're not trying to convince him otherwise mm-hmm. at, this, at this point. So if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Now, so there is, there's faith right there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The God whom we, we serve. serve, not mm-hmm. the God who we serve, we know it, it was a, a personal trusting relationship with God, even though they were in a foreign land, mm-hmm. they were captives, they were slaves. Very difficult circumstances. Very so difficult circumstances, yeah. surrounded by a pagan culture, mm-hmm. and they sur- they were, when they were young kids, they got uh, implanted mm-hmm. with this faith in the, the one true and living yeah. God. Yeah. And so they said he is able, God's able to do God's able to go against what you, O king, the most powerful ruler on the planet, uh, as far as in human terms, he is able um, to deliver us from your hand, O king, from the furnace and from you. So God is able. 
They're mm-hmm. confident in God's absolute ability. Mm-hmm. Okay. And but then here, let's look at verse eighteen. But of Daniel chapter three. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. In other so words, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your God. You so said, they said two different things. They said, our God is able to deliver us. And so if they got delivered, God would get the glory and the credit. But if he doesn't, do that if he chooses if it's not his will if he's got something other he's doing we will not serve you anyway that was the part they stood because they knew that was the right thing to do they didn't know the outcome they didn't need to know the outcome they just knew that what was the right thing to do is what they were going to do does that make sense yeah and there there are i've met people over the years that say um you know i you know basically um as long as i god will get me out of tr- the trouble i'm in I'm going to serve him. As long as God uh, gets me what I want, I'll serve him. Kind of making a deal with God, uh, huh? Making a, a deal. And you don't make deals like that with God. It's like he said, you know, and uh, Job said, he said, even if God kills me, I'm still going to trust I'm him. I'm still going to trust him. It's like, whoa, there See, is. that's the right There position. is faith. That's trusting because you, you, they They had faith. In the character of God, that He is good and He is wonderful, and, and Job, mm-hmm, we could, oh my, we spent some time with Job, uh, I think a while back here on the on the show, but he 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 had such a, a trust in God. He said, even if God kills me, I lose my kids, I lose my business, I lose my yeah, livestock. That's crazy. In just a short amount of time, he didn't know that the devil was behind all that. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really aware of that. He didn't really understand it. He had friends that certainly didn't understand it, though they were giving him all this advice. And said, mm-hmm. oh, you must have sinned, and yeah. you're not really trusting God. But he, he did trust God. Absolutely. He did trust God. He even trusted God to vindicate him when he couldn't vindicate or defend himself. And that's where we get in trouble a lot of times trying to de- defend ourselves in our position. Before God, the, the, the three Hebrew children just said, well, you know, whatever it is, it is, but... We're just going to trust God and, you know, make Jesus the same thing on the cross. You know, it, it looks to you like I'm, you know, cast off, but I'll just trust the Father, you know. And the problem is a lot of times we have developed a an, uh, middle to upper class Americanized gospel. Yeah. That says you get what you want. It's like the humanism, mm-hmm. you know, that people uh, tell the kids, you know, we've got now all these uh, graduations that are have taken place or are coming up soon and, and a lot of them are going to say, hey, you know, uh, you know, if you just work hard and uh, believe in your dreams, mm-hmm. dream big, you can achieve all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's good to work hard. It's good to have mm-hmm. a dream and, and a focus and, and goals and stuff like that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, your your life, there is a plan. Part of faith is, is, is trust in that there. God has a plan yeah. for your life. Now, that sounds very... Uh, uh, cliché-ish. cliché yeah. yeah, absolutely. But uh, he does have a plan for our life, and a lot of times we don't want to give him opportunity to work out his plan, and it takes a while for us to figure out he's got a better plan. Hey, let's go to Hebrews for a minute. In chapter 10, okay. um, it's talking about holding fast the confession of faith. And if we look in verse 19, 
um, of 10, Hebrews 10. Therefore, brethren, having a boldness to enter the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us to the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Now, verse 22, I'm going to start reading now the Amplified. Let us come forward and draw near with true, honest, and sincere hearts in unqualified assurance an absolute conviction engendered by faith by that leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. Having our hearts sprinkled and purified from a guilty, evil conscience and our bodies cleansed with pure water. Wow, let's go back and look at that a minute. So we come forward because of the, our con- conviction, our, our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, the blood, the work of the cross, salvation. We can draw near, near to him, near to God with an honest, sincere heart in, in absolute unqualified assurance, absolute conviction, totally okay, totally at peace, engendered by faith, that which means to lean the entire part of every part of us, our human personality, on God's absolute trust and confidence in his power, his wisdom, his goodness. And I think the devil tries to stir up all kinds of questions about God's, maybe not so much his power, but for sure his goodness. If God is so good, then why? And that becomes, then the devil looks, points to the outcome of our faith and says, yeah, if, you're, if, you had so, if you had more faith, you don't have enough faith, that's why you're sick. You know, the outcome, he either blames us for not having enough faith or he blames God for not being good. Anything he can do to get it broke up and us to be doubtful and confused. But faith does not waver at the arguments that reason brings from the soul into our spirit. Our spirit says, no, no, no. I have full assurance in Jesus Christ He's, he's created heaven and earth. He died on the cross. He kept his promises. Um, I'm a pilgrim passing through here. Uh, it doesn't matter what it looks like. And then he says, so let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. This is where we go with faith. This is where we, it becomes steadfast. So we, we seize and hold and retain without wavering. It says, Abraham believed God and did not waver at the promises of God. You know, he didn't fluctuate or vacillate or lose it. Um, We don't waver. Without wavering, um, we hold on to the hope we cherish and confess our acknowledgement of it. Now, that means we speak it out. Um, God is good. God is going to help me. God is with me. Yes, I am going to get that job. By the grace of God, he's got something good for me. Or whatever job you want, thy will be done, oh God. That's a pretty uh, nice place to just Punch it through and say, you know what, God, you're going to do it. It's your your will, not yeah, mine. It says uh, there again. Let us it's in verse 23, the first part of that. So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess our acknowledgement of it. So when boldly I, when I talking about confessing. Mm-hmm. So confessing is not just something to uh, manipulate. I put words out there and then God's got to do it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like we already believe God is going to take care of things, and we just say, you know, I am trusting, I'm trusting God, you know. And our our, our words, our actions, are the are the proof of our faith. Like James said, yeah, faith without works is, is dead. dead. So yeah. so faith is 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 demonstrated by our works, and our works don't we don't work to get to heaven, but our works come out of our relationship and abiding it's in Christ. It's as simple as can be if, mm-hmm. you know, if uh, if I walk into a room mm-hmm. and it's dark in there, 
nighttime, I believe that if I flip this switch right by the door, the light's going to come on. Yeah. And I'll be able to see. And, and that just seems like an almost ridiculously simple example. But that's, you know, faith. We show that kind of faith every day. Yeah. You know, we, 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 you know. Without even thinking about it. We, we have chair faith. We have car faith. In a sense, we have to, yeah, we live by faith. We have car faith. In other words, we put our yeah. um, key in the ignition, turn the ignition. We have faith. We show our faith. We that believe work. that the car is going to start, yeah. and, and it's going to drive and cases, take us where we want to and, go. Right, and, and so chair faith. We um, we're sitting on those chairs, these chairs here, mm-hmm. honey, in the studio, uh, exercising great a, faith, great faith, that, and not worrying that, about it at all. Not, and I'm, it's just I'm, a chair, I'm, man. I'm not worried about not the chair God. collapsing, and I'm going to. I have more faith in my chair floor. than I do in God. That's pretty terrible. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, because. You know, I mean, how many people worry about their chair falling down on, under them? No. <laughs> but, you know, and is a chair greater than God? You know, we need to really think about the peace we have in sitting in the, the that's peace, but, but that's the same kind of resting God wants us to do in Him, you know, trusting in Him, resting in Him, you know, let Him hold you, carry you, whatever. You know, a lot of people, though, they get upset because their faith seems to fail when they don't get their prayers answered or when the injustice or the offense goes on and on and on unanswered. So then they become mad at God, bitter against God, um, confused at why God lets all these things happen. And so all of these become obstacles that kind of come between us and faith. And we try to manage all these obstacles with through reasoning and through revenge and getting even and even in uh, chapter 10 of Hebrews, as we go on, he talks about um, guys. Uh, well, he talks to them about taking care of one another, um, that we should uh, be kind, uh, you know, to each other, caring for one another willingly, um, uh, forsaking our own comforts just to to be sure that we will be able to warn and urge and encourage one another, and. Then, you know, he goes on to say, if you deliberately, willingly sin or reject, um, turn away from the faith, you know, the acceptance of the truth. He says there's no more sacrifice left for us, for our sins. Um, There's only one offering for sin, and that was the sacrifice of Jesus. So if if that isn't good enough for you and you reject that, there's no place for you to go but to have faith in yourself. You're left on your own. Mm -hmm. But then that's where fear comes and swallows you up because we cannot... We cannot um, get to heaven. We we don't have as much power as we think we do. We 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 and we're so you know zoned what? out, numbed out. A lot of people confused. A lot of people, Marjorie, uh, live by fear, not faith. Live by fear, mm-hmm. not faith. Live by worry mm-hmm. and fr- stress. You know, we we hear about all the you know stress. Is it and that most, the just mo- shall live by faith? The just that? shall the live. The just shall the live just. by faith. Yeah. What does that mean? The just those that are that really are are righteous. justified in God's sight. Yeah. We're made righteous in God's sight by by faith in in God by so faith God sees in no Jesus fault Christ. in us. Yeah. The just shall live by faith. Not so. Faith. So really, there's pretty much two choices. We we looked at Psalm 53 mm-hmm. earlier. What time I am afraid, I will trust in you. Mm-hmm. So you decide: Are you going to live by fear and worry? 
Or are you going to live by faith, by trust and rest? Uh, you know, you talked about uh, generational uh, curses. Uh, curses. Boy, what about the one of worry and fear and well, fear of man? Well, that can be passed down too, for and, sure. And, 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 and people that are, are used to be, we used to describe it as nervousness. You know, people that are just mm-hmm. uh, so afraid. Now, now, there are people that uh, have been greatly traumatized, mm-hmm. children that have been traumatized by uh, physical, sexual abuse, or just just a, just a bad experience. A lot of people, yeah. You know, maybe fear, you know, maybe a dog attacked him sometime when they were little or something. Yeah. So so there are people that are traumatized and there are, there's, there's, there's fear. I, I know there was a guy, I just uh, read the story of a, of a guy, uh, he was an actual, uh, a, a great uh, a collegiate basketball coach, and he... He was in a, about six and a half years ago. He was in a horrible, horrible accident, uh, and actually lost uh, uh, part of his leg below the knee. And, and just amazing that he even survived. But he was—he uh, had swerved over, kind uh, of crossed the center line, uh, and, and a semi hit him, wow. sideswiped him, and. He was talking about one day he was riding in the car several months later, even years later, and he was still watching. You know, whenever they met a semi, there was there was a fear mm-hmm. there that you know it brought back traumatized, yeah, it, triggered. It was a traumatization. Mm-hmm. Now there's something that um, it, it's understandable. Uh-huh. Okay, so let let's talk about. Can we talk about that for just a little bit? What about somebody that's been um, maybe somebody's listening uh, right now mm-hmm. that's been traumatized, and there's, um, uh, you know, been some kind of horrible experience, and there's that fear mm-hmm. that's that's there. What what can they? Yeah. Uh, what can happen? To, well, I, uh, I really believe that, you know, Jesus said, "If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed." And you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's John chapter 8, verse 32. So the truth sets us free. So the, the truth is that actually um, the enemy made accident more real, more apparent in this man's life than the truth was. The truth was actually that he was spared. His life was spared. So the thing is, when we, um, when we have this kind of confidence Going back to what really happened, the devil will always, in a trauma like that, he'll always leave us in the place of fear with the lie, oh no, what if I'm alone, I could have died, you know, um, terror strikes, whatever, guilt strikes, whatever it is, and that's where the devil wants to hold you in that place in your, in your, in your mind, your will, your emotions, your soul, but when you go back to the memory, you can say, okay, Lord, what is the lie? The devil tried to get me to believe and cancel out that lie because what is the truth that you tell me? Um, it says, in, "It says we for we walk by faith, not by sight." So many of us are walking, and that's in Second Corinthians five, five seven. seven. Yeah, we mm-hmm. do, the, the just shall live by faith. We don't walk by sight. We don't walk by feelings. So it's very spiritual. It's, it can't be something you conjure up with an act of self-will, self-control or anything like that. It has to be the Lord coming to you and saying, you know what, you're okay, you lived, I was there. 
Right. So, so even though people could consciously perhaps remember certain parts of that, say, in this case, the accident, mm-hmm. uh, there, there is, the Lord can just set people free from the, the trauma and the fear mm-hmm. of that. It's just like the, the people that have been through maybe some very horrible things in their lives, but once they've been set free by the power of Jesus, they can they can still recall those incidents. Yeah. The fear and the trauma and the pain of that uh-huh. is not there mm-hmm. like it was before because mm-hmm. of the Lord's ability to yeah. uh, set them free. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's part of the testing of their faith. It says in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, um, for you have need of endurance so that, after you have done the will of God, which means we've persevered in faith, believing in his faithfulness, his goodness, and his justice, you may receive the promise. Let's read that in the Amplified. That's pretty, I'm going to start with verse 33. Um, let's see. Well, he's talking about, let's see, verse 32. But be ever mindful of the days gone by in which after you were first spiritually enlightened, you endured a great and painful struggle. So people are, you know, you better believe it. Once you get saved, there's going to be struggle and there's going to be pain, attack, condemnation, judgments. The enemy's going to pounce on you. Some, sometimes being yourselves a gazing stock, meaning mocked, etc., publicly exposed to insults and abuse and distress, and sometimes claiming fellowship and making common cause with those who have been so treated. In other words, you're taking the, the sides of those who are mistreated, so you become persecuted as well. For we did not sympathize and suffer along with those who were imprisoned. For you did, I'm sorry, you did sympathize and suffer along with those who were imprisoned. And you bore cheerfully the plundering of your belongings and the confiscation of your property in knowing, in knowledge and consciousness that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession. Here you go. Isn't this crazy? That we're, we sympathize with those who are being persecuted. We suffer along with them. This is, this is the enduring of our faith. We bear cheerfully the plundering of our own belongings. How do you like that? The confiscation of your... What? That's mine. You can't take property. That's mine. All of these this, this, uh, boundaries and turf and control in knowledge and consciousness that you yourselves have in possession. You no, say, no. you know, you can have my junk. I got something way better. God is my portion. Wow, that's, that's, that, there's an exercise of faith. They <laughs> cheerfully... Uh-huh. Are, are these people crazy or what? I they're mean, super, they said they're super they, they wild. told their stuff, wrecked their stuff, yeah, uh, plundered their stuff, confiscated it, and they, you they took take it, it cheerfully. It says, therefore, he says, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. You know, there's people will fling away, throw away their faith. They're, they're because not only because they don't know what reward is awaiting them, Jesus says, in my Father's house are many mansions, do not be afraid, I'm going there, this is all real, it's going to really happen, people hold on, don't freak out, don't get all uptight about little things that happen down here, even though they're really super, super big things, relax, because it's temporary and God is marking it all down. Um, do not fling away, therefore, your fearless confidence, that's what faith is, it's fearless confidence in the one who is good. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God. So in other words, we can't even accomplish the will of God without faith. You can't, if we don't, you know, steadfast patience. Patience doesn't murmur, complain, get mad. Patience doesn't give up. Patience doesn't beat us up. He says, 
in, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive, carry away, and enjoy the full, to the full what is promised. Okay, let me just share something here. What about a situation here where it talks about flinging away your fearless confidence? Mm-hmm. What about somebody that's prayed for a loved one? Prayed and prayed. Say a loved one that has had uh, been diagnosed with cancer. They prayed, they prayed, they had the church pray. Uh, the, the elders came and laid hands on them, anointed them with oil. People prayed and believed and trusted and fasted, and that person dies. Yeah. Um, well, here's what I say. I say, you asked, you did everything, you did even beyond probably more than you needed to, to do, to pray and petition God. The person God chose to take them, God had another plan. So at that point, you know, it, the best thing to do is not to say why, 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 but to, to rejoice in what God has done. Obviously, he has answered the prayer. He decided to take them home, and probably nowadays that isn't a bad idea. But so I wouldn't make that become, I mean, we we just are so temporary, temporal down here. We just think everything begins and ends with this life down here. This is only a transition, and anybody who gets to graduate and go home to heaven through a, a, a godly death, mm-hmm. they're really favored. So I'd say we need to stop wondering why and just say, Thy will be done and rejoice. The, Does that yeah. seem sacrilegious to you? No. I the, know there's a lot of people who should have been here longer. I know there's a lot of people who should have left a, lot, a long time ago. I get that. You know, like we've got mothers with little kids and they leave and too soon and their kids have yeah. no parents. Yeah. And then you have people who are mean and wicked and they just live on and on and on and on and on and it would be so nice if they just get out of here you know well that's that's our reasoning you know and and but you know god can work all things together for good we just need to leave some of these things with the lord because you and i can't fix them it is terribly tragic i don't mean to sound harsh and, and unkind to someone who's just lost a loved one um but we have to go back. That's part of the faith that God's asking you to believe him for. Yeah, that's really a, that is, a, I would say, a, a test of faith. It doesn't mean you're not sad. It doesn't mean you don't grieve. That's not what we're saying. Right. But we're okay. saying he, he said no. He said no. Now, the thing is, you know, the whole concept of answers to prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay, what is an answer to prayer? In other words, there's sometimes I call people... I get, um, I leave a message. Uh, sometimes I uh, call people and I get get their message. Mm-hmm. As I call people, leave a message. Or maybe I wait a few days, and the answer does. Uh, you know, the answer comes mm-hmm. in a couple of days. Uh, I'm looking for a certain answer, uh, a certain response, and maybe I don't get that. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I wanted. Uh, I was hoping for a yes from someone, but they said no. Mm-hmm. So it, the whole idea there is, you know, the answers to prayer include a lot of things. They include uh, yes, uh, no, mm-hmm. or or not yet, later. Or maybe later, yeah. So, so the thing is, we think that an answer to prayer mm-hmm. is... Yes. So oh, God didn't answer my prayer. God didn't say Yeah, that's hard yes. to take, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it, it really... it's hard to take. But 
thing is, do we figure that maybe God just might know a little bit more than we do? Mm-hmm. That he might have a, a better plan, and that is part of the just living yeah, by faith. I know that there is a re, a redemptive plan. In other words, yeah, yeah. God takes. Some people said God takes what seems like lemons to us and makes lemonade. Mm-hmm. And that I don't mean to be light when I say that, yeah. but there is a redemptive plan and a purpose mm-hmm. that goes beyond our comfort. Yeah. Goes beyond us having everything mm-hmm. smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. Because God is wanting to develop the characteristics of Jesus, Jesus in within us. Yeah, I know. I, you know, a lot of times that we have goal. answer to, we want God to answer because we don't like the pain, we don't like the uncomfortableness of the situation we're in, and the more we mature, I think, in the Lord, the more we kind of learn to just, you know, settle into the saddle and just ride. It doesn't matter when God's ready to do it; He'll do it. We can ask, we can pray. We can seek, but we don't want to get bummed out. And I think a lot of times people get disappointed when they have expectations and they set them, themselves oh, up. You know? That's a real thing because, you know, you have this plan and you have this expectation. You think, mm-hmm. if I work hard and I do this yeah. and I do that and I'm living faithfully. And then you and get I'm, mad at God because he doesn't. Right. I'm living faithfully. can't be bribed, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm being faithful to the Lord as far as I know. I'm mm-hmm. being obedient. Or you can go the other way and say, wow, must have some sin in my life. Or you say, why God? But, you know. God knows why. Mm-hmm. God knows why. You know, I did a I did a, a CD a, a while back called Answers to Prayer. You know, and and I, it it talks just about this kind of thing. You know, like we have you know a hard time sometimes receiving answers to prayer because we feel unworthy. I think that's a big one. And with that goes faith. You know, I don't have enough faith, or if I had more faith, um, you know, maybe I'd have got my prayer answered. So we kind of the enemy hits us with that that guilt and that condemnation. So when our prayers don't get answered, this is a big problem. We give up. We get mad. Um, we start, you know, letting the devil examine us. You know, must be my fault or God's fault or God doesn't care. I mean, there's a zillion different ways the devil can take this situation, and we receive. Um, so we we get confused about our worth and and what's true, and 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 we also get mad at God. God looks bad. He's he's you know, like you said, he's working a bigger plan for our redemption. To make us more than conquerors, but we don't feel like conquerors. We just we're just mad. So and then we have promises like if we ask anything according to His will, He knows He hears us. So in answers to prayer, we look at these subjects: um, learning to rest while you wait, um, knowing that the delays are filled with divine purpose, uh, and that prayer changes things. But to change something in your life, something must change. So God is changing things. Sometimes we don't like to have things change either. So let's just. Just listen to where you can get this CD um, in, in our Life Recovery store. Life Recovery offers a wide variety of books, teaching manuals, CDs, and DVDs, all designed to expose Satan's lies and equip believers with the powerful weapons of spiritual warfare. Yeah, I think um, Answers to Prayer is one of the most... Uh, Biggest, the biggest battlegrounds, and the devil just capitalizes on that one totally. Hey, our number, if you want to talk with us tonight, we'd love to hear from you. 347-215-8051. There's so much to talk about. I'm sure you've got a few things you'd like to say. So, 347-215-8051. We're live here um, on Rescue Radio. Check us out at liferecovery.com if you need the number or you need to listen. And and a lot of times, you know, we sanctify worry. Yeah. 
worry. So you know, in other words, we think, okay, if I'm worried, it shows that I'm concerned. I I care. Yeah. Okay, I really care. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, all of us have so many different uh, responsibilities, uh, pressures with work, with family, with uh, you know, attacks of the devil. All, all kinds of things with with if, if you're involved in in a yeah. you know a ministry panic anxiety uh, some kind of, there there's all kinds of pressures during with that. Um, well, here's so, what he says in the Bible in in Romans I mean Hebrews ten thirty six amplified again. For you have need of steadfast patience. So the temptation to worry, fret, um, fret not, fear not. We have need of steadfast. Patience and endurance. What is endurance? Well, endurance means to be strong against that worry, to stand against it and, to, and cancel it in the agreements you're having with it, knowing that worry is not from God, it's from it, fear, fear is from the devil, so that you may pre- perform and fully accomplish the will of God. So the will of God is that we stand fast, that we endure, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Now, this is what Moses did. This is what Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they all, you know, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You've got to stand, you know, and, and this is, and God gives us what we need to stand. So it's not like he's giving us something to do that's impossible and then, you know, judging us because we don't do it because it is impossible for us. But with God, all things are possible. So when you need faith, here's what I, one guy this afternoon, he's, uh, well, I was talking to him, you know, he's saying about faith and having enough faith and, and um, you know, didn't have enough faith and felt worried and had come from a traumatic situation where now in his maturity in his life this uh, childhood trauma is repeating itself and the same responses that he developed the first time become the responses of the second um, going through the same sequence of events feeling entrapped ensnared um, like he's never it's never going to end I think that's one of the problems with trials is one of the big lies is it's never so long yeah so long and so anyway um you know, he he uh, he was really you know hung up on these lies. So he says, God says these are things that are for a little while, a very little while, and the coming one will come, and he will not delay. But the just shall live by faith. He says, My righteous servant shall live by his convictions, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, and holy fervor, born of faith, and conjoined with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul will have no delight or pleasure in him. So the just are, are, are identified by their ability to die to their fears and endure, declare, and know the truth. You know, this man said, I don't have enough faith to believe God for this outcome. I said, well, here's what I do and I don't have enough faith. Because I might just have one grain of mustard seed faith. But Jesus has got the whole load, so I'm sure he'll borrow me a couple more seeds if I need them. So that's what I do now. From now on, I just say, you know, it's not faith in Jesus. It's the faith of Jesus. Really, that's a mistranslation when you say the faith in Jesus. Because here's the deal. Why do you have to have faith you already know? Like, for example, I suppose you could say we have chair faith because we have faith in sitting on these chairs. But... I don't even think about having faith in these chairs because I already know that if I sit down, chances are, experience has always been, the chair holds me. So if I have faith in Jesus, I don't have to have faith in something I already know. I know he's good. I know he doesn't lie. I know, you know, a lot of people, the devil has just made all kinds of questions, confusions, 
assumptions, presumptions about God. Well, you can go in that swill if you want. You can walk around with the devil and talk to him about, is God real and is he good, blah, blah, blah. You can spend your whole life talking about that. And you'll never come to the bottom of that mud puddle. Well, the thing is, I, I, you touched on something I think is very good. Is that you, I really believe that you don't really have to think about how much faith you have. Right. Good. Say, okay, yeah. do I have the faith for this? Hmm. You know, is my faith strong enough? You know, it's like, you know what? I am just going to trust I'm going to just trust God um, no matter what. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't think about, is my faith strong enough? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, God, you're able to do this. I'm bringing this to you. So, again, it's I'm, I'm going oh. to the object of faith, yeah. not just the, uh, my, the faith itself. So, yeah, you know, faith is, is the key to our relationship with God. Because faith is the place where we come to God with rest and trust and de- declaration that he is who he says he is. And that's what really faith is. He's the, uh, faith is the demonstration of our love and trust. And that is the building of the relationship. It's built on the, the, the faithfulness of God. And that's why I think faith is really having faith in the faithfulness of God and trusting that he's going to do his, his will in our life. So God, God is a God of... Um perfect timing you know everything that he is everything that he does is uh is is timed perfectly mm-hmm. uh, ecclesiastes chapter three to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven mm-hmm. and if you can you know a lot of times yeah we ask us say okay what time is it yeah. a lot of times we don't know you know uh, i think we worry a lot about sin you know, having sin in our lives. But I don't think we, we should really focus a little more. Should, I shouldn't say should. Let the Holy Spirit let you fo- be, focus you more on the development of faith. And as faith grows, the sin will, you know, by virtue of the growing of your faith in the, in the faithfulness, the goodness, and the love of God, the, the sin will shrink and will not prosper. Verse 39 of Hebrews 10 in the Amplified. But our way is not that of those who draw back to eternal misery or perdition. In other words, you know, the just shall live by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So those who draw back, get confused, pull back, trust in themselves, um, don't give God the full esteem that he is worthy of, um, are utterly dis- we, uh, will be utterly destroyed. But we are of those who believe, who cleave to and trust in and rely on God through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and by faith, preserve the soul you know going and then if you look in hebrews 11 we go into that place where there's so much uh this is crazy i we were at the pagan festival this weekend and the first guy I ran into or one of the first guys you know he's having this big 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 conundrum big bundle of problems questions about faith and he just i just can't believe in god i can't believe in god i just can't believe this faith that I can't, faith in God, I can't believe it. It just, you know, he was struggling, and yet he'd been raised as the poster boy for a Christian organization growing up as a child. Mm-hmm. And now he, because of all the bad things that had happened to him, many bad things that happened, I mean, seriously bad. I mean, he was probably 35 and he already, you know, had a, a death-defying uh, um, encounter with cancer. He'd had a terrible accident, physical accident, busted his shoulders, busted his tailbone, 
his knees, his body was broken up. Um, and then he'd had a terrible experience in one of the, as a soldier over in, I don't know, Afghanistan or somewhere. Uh, and so he was just like, I, I, because of all these bad experiences, he was just having a real hard time with his faith. And, and it says in first, again, for people who have to have hardcore evidence, you know, have it in writing, have the, the document in hand, have the contract on the table. What God is asking us to do is, to, is totally unnatural. I mean, it's spiritual, and we don't do well with it. And it says in Amplified, verse 11, uh, Hebrews 11, 1. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of the things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. In other words, it's sort of like the title deed, like you buy a, like you buy a house or something. And maybe you've seen a picture of the house. And you've got that, you've got that title deed, you've just signed the contract, but you still haven't walked through the house. You still maybe, maybe sight unseen in a way, you didn't go in and, and, and walk through it, but you have by, because you believe that the guy who's selling the house is totally good for his word and his descriptions are accurate. So it's, you, you've, it's something you love, you hope for it, you, this, but, but right now all we have to prove that we have it is faith. Faith is the title deed. It's kind of like we're in control. God gives us the title deed, the promise, the mansions, the eternal life, the inheritance with him. And we, we get that. The confirmation of that is our faith. We're saying, yes, Lord, I believe you. It all goes back to God is good. God is faithful. For he says, for by faith, trust, and holy fervor born of faith, the men of old had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. These guys were not. They had promises given to them that they never saw completely fulfilled. Yep. You know, by faith, we understand that the world the, during the success of ages were framed, fashioned, put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God so that we see, well, so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Here you go. Here's the perfect example of faith. God spoke the word. Words are vibrations. Words cannot be seen, and yet the vibration of God's word brought forth things that could be seen, trees and grass and birds and beasts and, and humankind and whatnot. But by faith, God actually started the whole thing out by his own word of faith. And faith is a declaration, too. Faith is an action, but it's also a declaration. You know, there's, you don't name it and claim it, but you do declare, Thy will be done. I believe in God like the Hebrew children whether we burn or not, we won't bow. But if not, yeah. yes. But if not, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, you know, you know, we go back to, um, let's see, the, uh, he goes on, but without faith it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. This is what cuts us off from the rest of our faith in God is what makes us distinct and different from others. It's what gives, gets us in. By faith, we believe God is good. And God, that God exists, and mm-hmm. then he rewards those who diligently seek him. So, I mean, it's like, okay, it's that God is, he exists, he is good, and he's worth serving. That's our declaration. And, you know, with that declaration, usually comes the devil pouncing on us, to try to get us to recant. 
take it back. Um, cry for mercy to the devil, you know. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> interesting. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, there's a warning. Now, uh, we don't know for sure the human author for uh, uh, the book of Hebrews. Some people think it was the Apostle Paul. Some speculate there was somebody else. But we know it was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It was written to these uh, uh, Jewish believers that were really getting discouraged because they'd had so much persecution, persecution yeah. and hassle, and they were getting discouraged. And they were just really, well, some a lot of them were getting ready to just giving up and throwing in the towel. Throwing in the towel, and and Paul warns them, and that's a or whoever, whoever again, right, it Paul yeah. or whatever. But God is warning them through this uh, letter that. Uh, he says in, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, Therefore, beware, brethren, take care, lest there be in any one of you a wicked, unbelieving heart which refuses to cleave to, trust in, and rely on him, leading you to turn away and desert, desert or stand aloof from the living God. Yeah. Leaning on your own understanding, leaning to your own understanding, trying to figure out your, your own ways, doing it yourself. Um, this is the sin, really, that people commit. They commit the sin of self-reliance. Um, so unbelief here is it's a it's a refusal. It's, it's a arrogance. willful refusal mm-hmm. to trust. Mm-hmm. In other words, trust is a choice. You know, I make a choice that when I get that airline ticket mm-hmm. and I get into that big um, uh, Delta airliner, I trust that that. Um, Mm-hmm. plane has been properly inspected and the pilot knows what he's doing. And the mechanic and, has done his job. And right, right. There's fuel in the tank. There's and fuel in the <laughs> tank. I trust all that and I just walk in and I really don't even think about think it. About it. Just kind of go in, find your seat and, you know, read a book, pray or go to sleep. You yeah. know, just. Well, speaking of the plane, think about having to build an ark. You know, I've often thought of Noah. The Hebrews 11 is the big chapter on faith, and it goes through some of the great men and women of the Bible. And it says, Prompted by faith, Noah being forewarned by God concerning events that had not, for, of which as yet there was no visible sign, took heed and diligently, reverently constructed and prepared an ark for the deliverance of his own family. Um, by this, his faith, which relied on God, he passed judgment and sentence on the world's unbelief and became an heir and possessor of righteousness, that, that relationship of being right into which God puts the person who has faith. So it's a, it's, it's a it, Noah, first of all, you, with ever, whatever God asks you to do in faith, no, it's not going to be something you do on your own. You're going to have to include the Lord. It may be something that sounds stupid. There, it had never rained. So he was building this boat in the middle of a, you know, a parking lot, you know, whatever. And he didn't really question it. It, it said he just, was reverent. He constructed it. He worked hard. He preached. I'm sure while he was, I'm sure he got mocked and poked fun of while he was building. Yeah, the Bible says he was a preacher of righteousness. Yeah. So he became the heir and possessor of righteousness. Um, that relationship of being right into which God puts a person who has faith. So if we have faith and obedience, which is the demonstration of our faith, then we love God. God says, "He who loves me keeps my commandments." Now, so Noah was demonstrating his love for God. And so technically, then Noah also becomes the father to all of us. I mean, every one of us come through Noah. 
mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Adam and Noah, because Noah was, you know, humble enough to believe God. And Abraham, too, when he was told to go where he didn't know, to an inheritance, he went, he didn't know where he was going, and he never was really saw it completely come to pass, but he wasn't displeased. He just said, I look for a city whose foundation is God, and that's where we go. That's where we go with our own faith. So we're all, you know, in God is putting together a a uh, a beautiful picture. Um, I remember years ago, uh, many years ago, there was this, uh, in this little church, when we first came to know the Lord, we had this huge uh it was like a mural only. It was like a big folded up poster thing. It was huge, maybe about like 12 feet by 12 feet. And we put it up in front of the church at Christmas time. You know, it showed the shepherds and Bethlehem and all this stuff. One day I was look, you know, looking at it from a distance and said, yeah, it's really you know, cool picture. One day I was up there on the platform just looking closely at it. And it's like there's just, it's, it was made up of these little dots. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was... Pixels, probably. Yeah, little pixel things. I mean, this is many years ago. But it's like, okay, so here's this little black dot. Here's this yellow, yellow dot. Here's this little blue dot over here. And and I'm thinking, you know, it's just, if these dots were um, aware somewhere, mm-hmm. if they could think. Dot awareness. If a dot could think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this little blue dot over here probably think, you know, I am just. So All I am is a little blue dot. Why can't I be a red dot or a green dot? I don't matter. I don't really matter. I'm just sitting here being a dot, just kind of a little dot over here in the corner. Mm-hmm. What does it matter? And any of those other dots could say that if they could talk. Same thing, yeah. Yeah, they could say the same thing. But the whole picture, without each dot being each dot, mm-hmm. The there color be, it was, there the place would be no it was. picture. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we have to look at that God has this eternal tapestry. plan and picture and tapestry. It's like on the back of a tapestry, mm-hmm. uh, it just looks like a tangled mess. But then the picture is on the outside. So we, we see, we're kind of on the, we see through the glass see, dark. Yeah, I was just going to say that, yeah. We, 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 we kind of see the tangledness. It looks like a tangled mess. By faith, mess, we believe. By faith, but Lord, there's got to be there's, a picture There's here. a reason for all this. But there is a picture on the other mm-hmm. side of the tapestry mm-hmm. that's beautiful. And um, so if you feel like you're just a kind of a, like a worthless little dot, just just be the oh, dot. Oh, your life doesn't matter. Your life doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just, just. Be the be the little dot God's made the you to be, dot and you be. are part of the big picture of picture. God's and, and story. There's, there's a God's design, story. and there was a relationship that you have with God and with all the other dots that are gonna come out uh, someday. Come up, it's mm-hmm. gonna all come out. You're gonna be happy for the, with the outcome. Yep, you are definitely. So here he says, back to the Amplified Hebrews eleven thirteen. These people all died. Controlled and sustained by their faith. They were controlled and sustained by their faith. They weren't controlled and sustained by their fears or by their lack or by their, their broken the, you know, promises and prayers that weren't answered. They were cons- sustained, kept strong by their faith, but not having received the tang- tangible fulfillment of God's promises, only having seen it and greeted it from a great distance by faith 
and all the while acknowledging and confessing that they were strangers and temporary residents and exiles upon the earth. This is our frame of mind. This is where we really need to 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 hang out in this kind of uh, a mindset is that we're strangers and pilgrims here. We're we're passing through. This is not our home. Hold lightly the things of earth. You know the world is. You know the the pleasures of this life are. You know pointless compared to what we have in sure. eternity. And so you know the thing is, um, uh, these people died, but they they weren't they 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 did it. They had the faith, even though they did not receive in their lifetime that maybe that little dot maybe won't know until he dies and goes to heaven to see that bigger picture. But they knew it far from afar and they were not angry with God. They didn't say, you know, what a worthless life. Now, these people who talk as they did show plainly that they are in search of a fatherland, their, uh, their own country. But if they'd been thinking or homesick for remembering something from this world, that country from which they were immigrants, they would have found constant opportunity to return to it. Now, you see, if we keep looking back to where you've come from or what you could have had or maybe you made a mistake or you should have stayed in the world a little longer or, you know, Abraham could have went back to Ur of the Chaldees, only that wouldn't have been very good for him. Um, you know, but, but Jesus said, he who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. The regrets, please, if you're, if you're living a life that, you know, I mean, you, you, expectations can kill us, regret can kill us, you know, you're in the middle of trying to decide for yourself whether or not you've had a good life or did it right or, you know, successful or, or well thought of. You know, just drop it. It's not worth it. It's not worth you wasting your time and giving the devil all that opportunity to try to figure out whether you did a good job or not because God is the judge. So let's not indulge in those things we don't even have time for. We don't, it's not our job. We don't have the luxury of regretting. We don't have the luxury of anticipating disappointment. We just have one thing, and that is, Seeking God, His faithfulness, praying, rejoicing in Him, and walking in the Spirit, walking forward. If we, you know, if we need forgiveness, we have forgiveness for the asking. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, uh, and uh, uh, repentance, of course, is changing our minds. Uh, if we've done something that's been uh, displeasing to the Lord, we just ask Him to forgive us, ask Him to cleanse us. Yeah. And and uh, don't just wallow in it. Move on. Yeah. You know, and and learn. Repent. You know, learn from uh, yeah, what you've been mind. through. Learn from the mistakes. Yeah. Learn from the sin, mm-hmm. and and just 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 move forward in in the grace of God. Not by trying harder, but just taking what God is teaching mm-hmm. you and and applying it and uh, well, moving on a, in, a, in a new way. You know, the, the we have to realize we do have a goal. We have a a, a reunion uh, with the Lord God in heaven. The truth is that these people who were yearning, they were aspiring um, for a better, more desirable country, a heavenly one. And it says, for this reason, God is not ashamed or wasn't ashamed to be called their God, even to be surnamed their God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, God was claiming them as part of his family. He is preparing a city for them. If God is telling a lie, then God's a liar. If God's a liar, God's no good, and we're all in trouble. So he either lies or he doesn't lie. Can't be sort of the t- some of the time lying, some of the time faithful, some of the some of the time dependable, some of the time not. He's either one or the other, um, you know. Um, so we have we have, but again, going back to the even uh, a sweeter. I think that we kind of started out with this at the beginning. I love these verses here, and going down to thirty-two, um, where. 
there's some people out there, I believe, Jerry, that were really, I mean, they're really common people. They're not, you know, they're not the, the remarkable, maybe the Gideons, the Samsons, the Davids and Samuels and stuff, but they're just the little guys. Um, but, you know, some of these guys, but through the help of God, they subdued kingdoms and um, uh, administered justice, obtained promises, blessings, clothed the mouths of lions, extinguished the powers of raging fires, escaped devouring sword of the swords out of frailty and weakness, won strength and became stalwart, even mighty and resistless in battle, routed, routing alien hosts. <laughs> but some, you know, some women received their dead. By a resurrection, others were tortured to death with clubs, refusing to accept release, offering, offered on the terms of denying their faith so that they might be resurrected to a better life. This is where it all kind of breaks down and, and the rubber meets the road again. Others had to suffer the mockings of trials and scourgings and chains and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were lured with tempting offers to renounce their faith. They were sawn in two. They were slaughtered by the sword. They, while they were alive, they had to go about wrapped in skins of sheep and goats, you know, destitute, um, oppressed, poorly clothed, poorly treated. I mean, how many precious people in this earth today are in such desperate places, uh, kidnapped, held hostage, human trafficking, um, poverty, starvation, total injustice, greed, um, just broken, broken little people everywhere. And there is, you know, we... uh you know, there's what's described as the persecuted church. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we hear about more of that in, in other countries than we do here. Uh, a lot of times I have a theory that a lot of people in the church are are not living godly enough to be persecuted because mm-hmm. Paul told Timothy, um, all, those. All, all those who live mm-hmm. godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Yeah. So, so we're not... Really being, uh, but you know the thing is, some people, prisoner, jail, but there's a lot of persecution. I think godly people are suffering that they and they don't think they're godly. They don't. They think they did something wrong. They think they're guilty of something, not godly. But you know, um, back to this. You know, I, I goes it, men of whom the world was not worthy, men well, and the, women. The world's like, not worthy of them. Right. In, in, I mean, even today, and I just would encourage uh, listeners to, uh, you know, look at. Um, you know, a magazine like Voice of the Martyrs or go online, hear about what's happening mm-hmm. among the persecuted uh, around the world. Uh, people, that their their crime is loving Jesus. And, and families are being ripped apart. Uh, people are being beaten, kidnapped, and in, imprisoned in, in uh, unjustly because of that. And it's not because they don't have faith. It's because they do have faith. Yeah. And... Uh, and, and sometimes we have this idea that uh, faith will, great faith will make us immune to all this trouble and persecution. That is just a plain lie. Yeah. It's not, not the case. Well, you know, I did a CD a long time ago called When Life's Not Fair. And I think a lot of these precious people, their lives have not been fair. They've not turned out right. Everything that, you know, we take for granted, they don't even know exists, basically. But you and I, too, we have things in our life that, you know, that are not fair. And our usual response to that is to get mad. And so anger is that force that comes as a natural response to injustice. However, many people are so destitute and and weak and frail that their anger 
they have no power in their anger. They just have to suffer it. They just, you know, kind of die, fade away. But at the core of anger is judgment and the desire to right the wrong. And so external expressions of anger destroy can destroy relationships. You know, that including the one with God. I think if we're mad at God, bitter at God, why didn't God do this? It's not fair. Um, I prayed, he didn't answer. There's just tons of ways the devil can take that, like I said, and scatter it well, around. Well, hence, that was that was the warning uh, that uh, we read a while back, Hebrews chapter 3.12. Well, uh, the, the believers, the Hebrew believers were warned, uh, beware, lest there be in any of you a wicked, unbelieving heart which refuses to cleave to, trust in, mm-hmm. and rely on him. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, for justice, I think we have to also trust in God for the restoration of justice, because otherwise we become bitter and self-empowered and unforgiving, and this locks us into more destructive responses. And then, really, the gates of bitterness and and judgment and problems open up. So, um, and and cut off our spiritual blessings. We need all the spiritual blessings and support we can get, and the way we do that is through forgiveness and releasing us, uh, releasing that other person from our own personal judgment of them. Otherwise, we're going to be judged. So when life's not fair is a, is a very helpful um, tool. You can get at liferecovery.com when life's not fair uh, and has a lot to do with um, fiery trials. So if you're going through a fiery trial, um, you want to keep that right attitude and not get taken out by the offense. So a lot of times when people are going through a trial of their faith, they get mad. They get upset. Um, we don't want that. That's not going to be helpful. Yeah, I understand. Oh, hey, you know, we should give the call-in number yeah, a little bit again. Let's okay, do, that. do you want to do it this time? They still have time yeah. to call in tonight. If you have a question or comment or some things that, we can, that you're going through and or pray things with you. that we can pray with you about, uh, we would sure love to do that. Uh, please give us a call at Rescue Radio. Uh, number is 347-215-8051. Again, 347-215-8051. Hey, you know, it's important that we to talk together with each other. Um, it's really helpful to have people call in. would love to hear from you. Um, but going back to what he's talking about, I know that we're talking. You're probably just listening. That's okay. We can do that, too whatever it needs, men of whom the world was not worthy. That would be the lovely, faithful people of God, roaming over through the desolate places and the mountains and the caves, the caverns and the holes of the earth. All of them, though they won, all of them, all of these, it says, though they won divine approval by means of their faith, did not receive the fulfillment of what was promised. So in other words, they were approved of, God was very pleased with them, and it wasn't because they had received the fulfillment of the promise. It was just because their attitudes were right during the journey. Because God has us in mind and has something better and greater in view for us. So that these, these heroes and heroines of the faith should not come to perfection apart from us before we could join them. So God has a reason for putting all the pictures together before he unveils it. And so if that's the case, let it be. Let's not grow weary in well-doing. Let's, let's not become bitter but let's also not become judgmental sometimes i think we look at people who don't have it as nice as us and we want to you know kind of stick our nose up at them and say wow what did they do you know we don't realize that um there's others who are walking out their faith through their trials 
and we need to be a blessing. Um, Let's look at how this uh, works out uh, day by day. You know, we have the uh, the stresses of life. Uh, you know, all these worries and cares and troubles, and and uh, Jesus talked about you know the thorn, the seed that fell on the thorny ground. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It, it's it's like it, what happens the the cares and the riches and the troubles of life mm-hmm. choke the word. Yeah. It's like they're like bad thistles or thorns and and, and arguments reasoning religion of, of the word condemnation yeah. yeah and and they become worry. unfruitful so those are thorns uh, worry fear now interesting uh, in, uh, in Matthew um, chapter 6 and Jesus talked about this he says uh, again reading from the uh, amplified bible beginning with verse 25 therefore i tell you Stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life. Yeah. What you shall eat and what you shall drink, and uh, you know, or, or about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life greater in quality than food, and the body far above and more excellent than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, but your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not... Much more worthy than they. I was just looking out in our yard uh, today, you know, and you know where we live. There's so many wonderful birds, and 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 they're just singing, and everyone has a great song, and they're happy. They don't they don't, they don't have rejoicing. stuff in the freezer or money in the bank. <laughs> uh, and I saw this one bird just find he just found this nice juicy worm down by the down by the road here today, and I was like, you know, God is just I bet you he Taking was happy. Care of, I'm sure he was. Oh. Those the birds are not all stressed out. They you know, keep they, singing, they might be, even they might be stressed out a little bit when they see a cat coming around a little bit. But that that's about it. Yeah. Uh, he says, "Look at the birds of the air. Um, they neither sow nor reap together in the barns. Yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not much more worthy than they? And who of you, by worrying and being anxious?" can add one unit of measure, Cuba, to his stature, to the span of his life. Mm-hmm. And why should you be anxious about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field and learn thoroughly how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his magnificence, his excellence, his dignity and grace, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass Hello? of the field, Hello? which today is alive and and green and tomorrow's cast into the furnace, will he not much more surely clothe you, O ye of little faith? Little faith. Little faith. So much afraid. So yeah. You're so, you're, you're so, right. So therefore he says, verse thirty one, do not worry and be anxious, saying, What are we going to have to eat? So we need bird faith, right? What do we bird faith and grass faith? Flower face. I think there's somebody who would like to talk to us. Okay, that's good. Okay, so, hello. I think you're having technical difficulties, but I have car face and phone face. <laughs> you have phone face and car face. Uh, yes. Technical difficulties like how? You're having a hard time hearing us? No, I've been on your queue for like an hour. <laughs> so, oh, anyway. well, I'm been, so you've been sorry. We did so I don't know. see. Well, thank you for being pa- You had faith then, didn't you? You have, you have <laughs> I patience. Have, I have faith. Endurance. Faith yes. and patience right. and endurance. Yeah. Faith, yes. and, faith and endurance. 
So I, I, it was probably good for me to have to sit here and listen and have more faith and endurance. So, but um, yeah. <laughs> See, God has a purpose, right? Well, thank you, thank yes. you so much, dear. No. So here's here's the thing. I have a prayer request and um, a problem. Um, so I have a friend that has been very difficult for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, he um, doesn't, he, he, he gets freaked out and um, he doesn't really see me for me. And I seem to be getting the brunt of things from of something that I know who did it, but it wasn't me. And mm-hmm. um, I just am very frustrated and I'm not sure what to do. Um about him and I left him a gift and he, I knew I was supposed to give it to him and then he wants me to take it back and he's trying wow. to be noble but um, yeah and he wants me to come and get it off the porch <laughs> wow. so yeah so I stalled and said tomorrow's not good for me until I can figure out what to do so mm-hmm. yeah and, and he wrote me kind of a, a not honest email, which was frustrating, where he said things that aren't true mm-hmm. and had nothing to do with me. So mm-hmm. I just, it kind of brings up the problem that started the whole problem that I was trying to clear up, which is what upset him. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So you need so prayer, I'd... wisdom. It it sounds like the the relationship has been one that's been testing your faith a lot. Yes, Definitely. Okay, and and the endurance sounds like you're maybe you know maybe that brings up another question which isn't something we've really talked about. Um, how long do we endure if we know it's from God or we know that it's you know God is good? We're talking about enduring uh, in the faithfulness of God, but it's sometimes enduring in a situation. Um, maybe it's a bad job or maybe it's a bad relation. I don't know, you know whatever. I'm just thinking of another situation where people you know they have they, they're in bad job situations, and they just yeah. endure it because they think they can't get out. They're afraid they won't have another job, and they're scared. And for you, it might be the same. There's a fear there. So the question might be for everybody when we're enduring, that might be something God wants you to in, to prevail and endure and, and go forward in, or it might be something that it's okay to not endure. I it, It's okay to sometimes have you know god's will god's direction whatever would would be changing sometimes but for people who are endurance and faith is in the lord your faith is in god and his ability to prevail in this person's life i would imagine um because that's why you're you know caring about that person um but what's it doing to you you know i mean maybe that's what we need to look is this God's will right now is this edifying? Is because what's the fruit of it? Jesus said, "By their fruits you shall know them." So, what's the fruit of this thing in your life? The fruit, the fruit of the whole thing. Well, I know that not having, I know that there isn't any peace for me in letting it go because okay. I know what's really there. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. And I also know what the consequences are for not having it be there for that person and for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've known this person for 17 years and we've gone through a lot of stuff. And there still mm-hmm. is a very strong 
um, foundation of trust and mm-hmm. under the surface there's a strong relationship. It's just that it's really mm-hmm. frustrating to wow. um, a friend that um, he just doesn't cope certain things very well and if you poke the bear at all <laughs> it's like he the bear growls. <laughs> huh? yeah, it, the bear growls <laughs> it's, it sort of reminds yeah. me of a lot of people like yourself who maybe have been in relationships long standing maybe it's a even a parent child relationship or a, you know something like that where you're believing 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 and it doesn't get seem to get better it seems to get worse um, you know, I, I, I'm sure there's many who could relate to that as well, you know, where they've got maybe a relationship with a son or a daughter who, um, you know, the relationship is good. It's been there a long time. You know, there's good, valuable stuff in it, but they're, but they're uh, drifting away, believing lies, being, you know, seduced or drug away by something else. I think at that point, the only thing I can recommend is that, you know, of course, God does not want us to um, abandon you know, those things like, uh, like remember Abraham, he believed God for 25 years for a son, um, the son from Sarah. And so right. God doesn't want... When you're, and when, when Sarah, because Sarah was, un, you know, she didn't believe in what she was told, now we have the Muslim mess and all the Middle Eastern mm-hmm. problems that we wouldn't have yeah. probably without Hagar. Well, so there's huge consequences when you don't do what you were supposed to yeah. do. Yeah. And then we all have yeah. to live with it. And we all have to live with it. And, and you know, yeah, but you know, the thing is, on that particular case, I, I hear what you're saying totally. Um, you could say, well, if Abraham would have believed God, if Sarah would have you know, done what she was supposed to do. But the thing is, God could have, you know, not let Hagar conceive anything. Um, but I believe personally, because the devil is, in the in the game too, that got us to give the devil some players, and um, you know like that it'll all work together for good eventually. But for now, it creates war. And but back to your situation, um, you know that there is a devil in the midst too. Uh, the lies, that fear, um, that is wanting to tell this person uh, maybe the rejection of you. I think they're believing that if they don't respond, don't take your gift, then they're not obligated to have a friendship with you. And they're thinking, if I have a friendship with you, then that means getting involved in some place where they maybe don't want to go. A lot of people are afraid of love. They, it's not, love is not comfortable to them. Um, it, it's, love takes away control. I mean, when you love someone, you're letting them kind of control your life. So a lot of people don't want love. They say they do, but what they really want is they want to feel good you know, they want the hallmark version of love. They don't want the real suffer and bear one another's burdens type of love. So, hey, Jerry, you got anything to say there? I think you've said it uh, pretty well. Well, let's pray. She wants yeah, to pray. You go ahead. Pray. And, uh, Lord, we thank you for our dear friend that's called in here today. Mm-hmm. And, Lord, you hear her heart. You know the situation uh, far better than what we do, Lord. And we just pray that you will just Work this out, Lord God, the details, yeah. uh, that she will have uh, an attitude of, of faith, of love, trust, of wisdom, Jeez. that she would not allow any kind of uh, vulnerability uh, to the enemy to uh, uh, prevail. 
but that you, Lord God, would just give her the wisdom and grace uh, that she needs to make the right decisions to move forward and to have your your peace and grace. Uh, Lord, even the decisions that might be tough for her to make, uh, help her to make those with confidence in you, knowing that um, uh, your will is uh, is what matters more than anything yes, else. And, so, and Father, we also pray, too, that for this person and for the many out there who are working with difficult people, waiting, believing, dying, crying, um, just, God, so tied up in the, in the lives of others who are rejecting you and rejecting them, um, the suffering, the, the pain of believing, the pain of love, the pain of waiting, the pain of not getting our prayers answered the way we'd like to see them answered. And Lord, there's some out there that have just had, this has been the story. This has been part of their, their story. We pray for grace and strength for them, and we pray that the demonic lies, the, the strongholds in the minds and in the hearts and souls of these uh, resistant ones would be melted away through your love, Lord Jesus, through your blood. Because you know what, Lord? You could change it. You could soften their hearts. You could bring these wayward prodigals home. You could bring back these these uh, ones who are rebellious, resistant, unbelieving, disheartened. Um, and there's many of them out there, Lord God. They're really all over the place. They're trying hard to not believe in you and hurting their friends in the process. So, Father God, we just bind the powers of darkness that have so hoodwinked and blinded this one and, and for the many like him that there will be a softening and a, and a conversion, a repentance, that they will not be lost, Lord God, and that you give those who wait, you'll give them grace and peace and joy to endure, Father. We ask these things because, Lord God, there's nothing we can do except to ask, seek and find, ask and it shall be given. So we, Jesus, you said too, in John, according to your word, we ask according to your word, you said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So Father, we're asking all these things now, in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, bring home these prodigals, and heal these broken relationships, Father God, for the glory of Jesus. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your Thank sweet you, endurance, girl. You guys are a wonderful couple, and thank you very much for your show. Okay, thank you for listening and calling in, and so hopefully our technical difficulties will not keep you waiting. So enjoy. We welcome you to call again anytime. Yeah. Okay, Okay, sweet. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Well, that's a situation of endurance where, you know, you've got... Um, I mean, this is grinding it out at the core of where your heart is 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 ground down to pieces. And I I know people like this too, who, you know, they they're waiting for love, they're waiting for um, an answer to prayer, someone to come into their life. Maybe you're waiting for a mate, a husband, a wife. Maybe you're waiting for your husband or wife to change. Uh, maybe you're waiting for a son or daughter to come home or to forgive you. A best is if you start the ball rolling by forgiving them if you have anything against them. And um, because love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures. And love really works through faith. I mean, you see how they're connected right here. Yeah, faith works by love. love. And Jesus said, yeah, if you're going to love me, demonstrate your love by keeping my commandments, which means obey. There's faith 
there's hope, there's love. And uh, the greatest of these is love. Because love never fails. The rest of them are going to... We won't need hope after a while. Love never fails. Yeah. And I, um, I want... Uh, Jesus asked a very important question uh, in Luke 18.8. Eight. Um, well, ooh, the whole thing is it's like... Uh, well, maybe, maybe... Could we um, jump up to verse 1? I'm going to read it from the... Um, this is right along the lines of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. with the endurance and so forth. Luke 18.1, also Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, Ooh. faint, lose heart, and give up. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither reverenced and feared or respected or considered man. He didn't fear God. He didn't respect or consider man. There was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, protect and defend and give me justice against my adversary. And for a time he would not. But later he said to himself, though I have neither reverence or fear for God nor respect or consideration for man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, (laughs) I will defend and protect and avenge her lest she give me intolerable annoyance and wear me out by her continual Now, this coming. is what Jesus was saying. You know, yeah. let's bother God a little more, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> he says God's okay to be bothered, and he's not bothered. Well, he's not annoyed when we persist. Is yeah, that's right. Yeah. He loves persistence. Or at the last, she come and rail on me and assault me or strangle me. Mm-hmm. So, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. Now, this guy was... Uh, this guy was a crook. He, he so he's was, afraid she's going to come and strangle him. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to strangle you yeah, if you don't give says, me my answer. Yeah, coming or, or the last, did she come and rail on me and assault me or strangle me? <laughs> <laughs> she could get pretty violent. I saw there. that this was a pretty aggressive lady. Yeah, right. So aggressive uh, in her prayers. I think that's prayer. what, yeah, what Jesus her, is in saying. In her persistent. Yeah. And you the know, Lord said, "Listen to what the unjust judge says." Yeah. And will not God, will not our just God defend and protect and avenge yeah. his elect, his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Mm-hmm. Will he defer them and delay help on their behalf? Yeah. I tell you, he will avenge them. He will defend, protect, and avenge them speedily. But then Jesus said, here's the question. However, when the Son of Man comes, Will he he find persistence in faith on the earth? Will he find persistence in faith? Well, that's what he's looking for. Hey, persistence in faith on the earth. And and and, you know, while you're looking for that, like I want to say something too about this. um, You know, making your cause, pleading your cause, presenting your case before God, and being persistent and bothering God. I think we don't bother God enough with our prayers. I think we do these little. Now I lay me down to sleep, you know, prayers, but we don't really make an argument, present a case. The other night, I got to tell you, I was, um, well, it was not too long ago, actually, it was, the day, it was last night, actually. Um, we had been working in our garden for two or three days, like nonstop, planting it between rainstorms and because our garden is very wet. It takes a long time to dry out, so we were just kind of had to get it in. Um, and you know, I, we worked very hard for two or three days, a bunch of people helped us, blah, blah, blah. And, um, so this rain starts coming in the middle of the night and I, and I said to the Lord, you know, because I knew 
you know, our our stuff could drown out again and again and we'd get nothing out of it. But I said, God, you know, I respect your work on the earth. I'm asking you to respect mine. Do not let the devil drown this all out. Respect me as I respect you. And I said, well, wow, that's kind of a weird way to pray. Well, I don't think so. I think God is, Holy Spirit actually gives us prayers to pray like that um, because the Holy Spirit knows how to pray, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you know what? We're going to, you're yeah. going to give me one more scripture and then we're going to have to say goodnight. Right. The, um, in, in what we know of as the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father, mm-hmm. it says there, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done yeah. on earth as it is in heaven. The, uh, the force of the original language, the Greek language there, mm-hmm. where it says the kingdom of God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Honest, it re- it, it's, it's like somebody saying, okay, kingdom of God, come, will of God be done. It's like, it's like stomping your foot and say, come on. Now. No, mm-hmm. Now, kingdom of God, come, will of God be done. Hallelujah. So there, there's, there's a powerful That's called thing faith. there. And another thing, too, with this is that in Matthew 26, um, uh, 36 through um, 39, and this is the place that we have to come to sometimes with our faith. And uh, Jesus was there. He is the supreme manifestation of this, mm-hmm. this process. Uh, Matthew twenty six thirty six through uh, thirty nine, and Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told his disciples, "Sit down here while I go over yonder and pray." Again, reading from the Amplified Bible, and taking with him Peter and two sons, the two sons of Zebedee, he began to show grief and distress of mind, and was deeply depressed. Then, then he said to them, "My soul is very sad and deeply grieved." so that I am almost dying of sorrow. Stay here and keep awake and keep watch with me. And here's the part I want us to really uh, look at. And going a little farther, he threw himself upon the ground on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will not what I desire, but as you will and desire. And that's a point we always, when we don't understand, when there seems like, Lord, I'd like you to do this, but if this is not in your plan, if this is not mm-hmm. what is best and this is not what is right here, then I just submit my will to you, mm-hmm. and Lord, your will be done. And that's where faith then carries us. We can rest in that place of faith. So, Father God, give us strength to endure. Give us wisdom and counsel. Give us a deeper understanding and assurance of your love. For those who are struggling and, and persevering tonight and waiting for an answer to prayer, God, that news when it comes is such refreshing good news. And we can all use a little bit of it from now and, now and again. So the time to favor us and to help us is, is now. So we're asking and thanking you ahead of time for the wonderful answers to prayer, the breakthroughs, that you will give your people strength, that you will find faith on earth when you get back, Lord God, because you will have kept us by your Holy Spirit. 
So encourage us tonight. Encourage us as we hear this. And let us go our way rejoicing. Yes, Lord. And by your power, give us that endurance of faith that we'll trust you no matter what things look like, no matter things feel like, even if they don't seem to be going the way we think they should go at all, that we're going to trust and not be afraid. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Join us next week. We'll be talking about um, you join us and see. Good night. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.